Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Steven Jaggers, and I am your host. On today's epic episode, we got my brother Josh Trent, who runs Wellness Force. Uh, he has interviewed a ton of incredible people on there in the health and wellness industry, and he is just an incredibly smart and humble individual. Um, he just got back from a very long vision quest, which I'll save the details for the podcast. Um, but wow, what a rite of passage that is, as well as he just became a father as well. So lots of insights here. Um, if you want to support the podcast, it would mean so much if you go and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It would just make my heart flutter. Also, if you want to support the podcast, uh, Vivo Barefoot is a company that I have used even before they sponsored me or before I became an affiliate. And they are absolutely the only shoes that I wear uh, besides the tennis court. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I wear those every day in the gym, hiking, running, casual. uh, And you can use the code AJBARE10 for 10% off at checkout they're an absolute incredible uh, brand and company that are doing just a ton for the world check them out i know you'll enjoy them also if you are looking to become certified in somatic release breath work i have a couple upcoming live trainings going on we have one in phoenix september 9th through the 12th and also austin texas which I might be moving there. We'll see. That's going to be October 14th through the 17th. And uh, if you feel called to add this incredible modality to your practice, you know, we have so many different people taking it, health professionals, psychologists, doctors, chiropractors, life coaches, business coaches, um, body workers, yoga teachers, so many people that are adding this modality just because it is it's absolutely incredible and powerful and you know I, I have a lot of words for it but you just have it's something you have to experience and the world is ready for it and asking for it so yeah if you feel called check out our website uh, message me if you have any questions or anything and uh, yeah I would love to talk with you I love talking about it and without further ado here is the podcast with my brother Josh Trent Perfect. So it's an honor to have you here, my brother Josh Trent from Wellness Force. Uh, it was, I think, about man, it's been maybe a year and a half since I a met you years. in, maybe two years since I met yeah. you in Sedona, and you've been on quite a journey since then. I know you went to Hawaii for a little while. You know, you found the love of your life. You're getting ready to welcome a kid into the world. Yeah. What does a baby do? The baby is coming, I mean, any week now, actually. So June 11th is the due date, June 10th, June 11th. But nature has her own plan. Nature has her own plan. Mm, Absolutely, brother. There is an innate intelligence within it. So I know you, uh, you just moved to Austin. How's that? How's that shift been? 
You know, it's funny. I guess on the grand scheme, it is just, but on uh, my life timeline, it feels like it's been years. December is when we moved. We moved from California because I was just fed up with the lack of freedom and the lack of health freedom specifically people screaming at me in public telling me to to wear a diaper on my face i was just not having it anymore really we came out to texas to visit and we thought it was really beautiful and we didn't really see too much of the the forced uh, diaper wearing yeah and when we got out here it was actually a heartbreaker because we started to go into stores and we started to go downtown and go to eat at, at restaurants and unfortunately it was just the same in austin which really broke our hearts so we came out here for a multitude of reasons also the community out here is really strong um the entrepreneurial community and the spiritual community and just the community of people that are having children any soul that's being born right now is being born for a higher purpose that is for sure, because we are in the grand awakening, Stephen, as you know, man. So lots of reasons brought us out to Austin, but I would say that specifically my son and freedom and entrepreneurial energy is what really drew me out to Austin. Wow, brother. Yes, absolutely. The community that's out there right now, it just seems like on another level. It seems like all of the... Um all of the people that are in that space of alignment are moving there and community is such a huge aspect. You know, I want to get into, you know, that sort of community nutrition mm -hmm. as well, because it's an essential nutrient. You know, I, I lived in Sedona for two years and it's such a transient place. You know, there's, there is some community there. Where are you now? I'm in Phoenix right now, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I moved back to Phoenix, uh, about let's say six months ago. And it was partially because of, I mean, partially because of my girlfriend lives down here. Another reason was, you know, it, it was just my time. They, they, they say Sedona will kick you out when it's your time. And, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, I had a, I had a really nice, uh, apartment right by the Creek and it, yeah. they ended up wanting to turn it into an Airbnb. Um, I was working a part-time job there, uh, doing body work and, and uh, working for, you know, corporate retreats and stuff. And, and that ended up shutting down with COVID. Oh. And I just had a, a, a place open up in Phoenix. You know, this is where I'm, I've spent most of my time here. I have a pretty big community here. Cool. Uh, my family. Yeah. And, uh, it just, it opened up and I absolutely did not want to come back down here, but since I've been back down here, it's been one of the best moves that I've made. And just be because of the community aspect, you know, I'm not submerged in the beauty of nature every day, uh, but for building my business, for building a tribe, for building a community, um, I've been absolutely supported 100%. And, and, you know, people are, there has been a lot of diaper wearing and a lot of, um, but there's a lot of people here that also are about their freedom and mm -hmm. about that, you know, uh, being able to choose health sovereignty. So it's, yeah. it's, it's been a, it's been spirit led. And I, I definitely did not think I would be moving back down here, but taking the leap is sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you can't, you don't know the answer. You know, mm -hmm. you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you on that. Well, also, it's it's thinking about how to connect with your heart and not think so much and just go where the breadcrumbs lead you. 
Because a lot of times we will overthink, I, I call it in my work and with my clients, uh, we become victims of intellectualization. We become so strong in our minds and our whole, and really, Stephen, our whole world is set up to, to be strong in the mind. You know, we even see videos on YouTube. It's like mental strength, you know, the five, the five yeah. ways to be mentally strong. It's like, what the fuck, you know, and, and we need that. But at the same time, um, as Hawkins talks about, not just in power versus force, but specifically in letting go, if we have a space between the head and the heart that's too vast, in other words, if our head is disconnected from our heart, it is going to be really challenging to even be presented breadcrumbs, let alone follow them. So I think we're all right now in the collective clang and just figuring out what do we do when the bell stops ringing? Because for a lot of us, the bell is still ringing. We're kind of in shock. We're kind of in trauma. We've been traumatized as a society, as a, as a human race. Uh, not just in America, but across the world with this with this forced tyranny, this forced mind control. And it's really, yes, it's up to people to have a strong mind, but it's also up to people to tune in with their hearts and be like, okay, I'm aware that my amygdala and my ancient brain is under attack. I'm aware that I'm trying to be controlled and I'm aware that I'm trying to be divided from my brothers and sisters. Like, how do I connect the space between my head and my heart? Because right now we're in a position where we need the heart's wisdom. We need the wisdom of the heart to overpower our victim mentality of being an intellectual society where we are so much smarter than Mother Nature. It's, un it's unreal and it's unbelievable. But it's happening, so it's believable. Yeah, what a, what a time to be alive. Yeah, brother. I would say, especially within the breath work space, you know, that's been a modality that I feel like has really helped me to drop into that heart space, to get out of the head and back into the body, into the heart. And that's the biggest, like, if I were to define it with that work specifically, yes, um, it, it would be to get back into this vessel, you know, bringing all of the parts of you that have been, you know, taken or have left from that trauma, you know, uh, yes. we have been culturally traumatized, no doubt. Um, what happens then is we start to develop defense systems, different sorts yes. of defense systems, yes. um, patterning where, you know, we're, we're running, we're hiding, we're blaming, we're shaming, we're sedating. And all of those are part of our fight flight or freeze response. But to actually move through that, is to get back into the heart and get back into the body. And because the, the body, the, there's an, an innate intelligence within your body, within your heart. Like I always ask people, are you beating your heart? Are you the thing that's beating your heart? That's right. Think about that for a moment. Are you the thing that's beating your heart? But even more than that, are you aware that you are not the one breathing you? Yeah, you can you can consciously take control of your breath. I mean, breath, as you know, Stephen, with all your training, it's like you can pull the lever of breath, and it's the only autonomic lever we have. We can't digest our food faster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. We we can't um, we can't do anything in this world faster as far as an yeah. automatic or autonomic process besides breathing. So all of us need to just go like this. <laughs> <sighs> and stop what you're doing completely like this is the one huge thing i just got back from a 10-day native american vision quest 
I even felt it right now, total transparency. Somebody was at the door and I was, I was like, should I text them? And I'm like, no. And I'm in the middle of a podcast interview, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we're present with one another. We're here. The present moment is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that as some kind of social media meme, but we have become so victimized by our own intellect, Stephen, to try to be the one who can protect us from all evil and the one who can protect us from all things. And it's like part of life is actually knowing that you're not safe. You're fucking not always safe. And so the big part that I could say to go back to what I received on the vision quest is when you're feeling unsafe, when you're feeling unsure, when you're feeling like maybe you're a victim of your own intellectualization or you're a victim of your mind, take a big breath like you and I just did and stop. Just stop. When people are lost in outdoor wilderness survival school, you know what they teach them to do? Stephen, if somebody's totally lost, what they is teach that? them to stop. Because if you are lost and you're in the woods, people are looking for you. Just like you might be looking for yourself if you're lost mm-hmm. in your own life. And so the best thing you can do is just stop. If you're having mental health issues, if you're feeling stressed out, if you're fill in the blank, anything that's disconnecting you from your heart, the wisdom of your heart, if you can just stop, that's the medicine that you need. And then in the stillness, you will get something. It might not be right away. It might not be, might not be after even a day or a week. But eventually, if you stop enough, some kind of breadcrumb, some kind of, of message will come through. And this is what we are being trained against. We have people like Gary Vaynerchuk out there that are like, hustle hard, grind hard, do it hard. Yeah, there's times for that. If you look at nature, sometimes there's storms. But there's not a storm every fucking day. There's not 24-7 storms where you're supposed to just grind and hustle, hustle your ass off for years at a time. I mean, I, I did that. It crushed me. It crushed, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still recovering from that. So long answer to a point of conversation that we had maybe a few minutes ago, but it's like, look, for all of us, if we're feeling disconnected from the heart's wisdom, or if we're in a place in our life right now where our mind and our body need radical mentorship, as you talk about on your mm-hmm. podcast, like to, to really be a mind body mentor, you have to connect the head to the heart. And mm-hmm. the only way you can connect the head to the heart is if you have the courage to stop and listen. And that's really where we are as a society right now, man. Couldn't have said it better, brother. Absolutely. We need to stop. We need to stop as a collective. And, you know, I've, I've always heard that, I don't know where I heard it, but, um, you know, you will always know if the answer is coming from your brain or your heart, because it happens in a moment. It, it happens quickly. If you are, you yes. know, asking a question and then you start getting that feedback loop of, of, um, well, maybe this could happen and maybe that could happen, or, mm-hmm. um, maybe I need to go over there and do that. It's like, you already know that you're in the mind. The heart speaks softly and it usually speaks once it's not going to speak over your mind. Yeah. And so cultivating that relationship with, with the heart and, and, and it's a muscle to be able to tune in and, and listen and drop into that space. And the more that you do it the the easier it becomes. Yep. 
but I would really love to drop into this vision quest because I think mm. this, this sort of rite of passage is, is really needed in our culture. And I think even going back into those, those fears, you know, what, what we just talked about, I think it's ultimately a fear of death. Hmm. And I could say that, that vision, I mean, <laughs> I'll let you talk, but I I've done one vision quest. It was three days and it brought me the closest to death that I've ever felt, which was the most liberating feeling ever, because that is our ultimate fear in life. It, that is the that is the ruling fear is the fear of death that we are going to no longer exist mm. and i i don't want to get too far but i would love for you to just take us on this this journey of what what actually called you first to want to do it and then how did it how did it look well what was interesting is i got called out to a gentleman named tim corcoran Oh yeah. I've and met Tim before. He's awesome. You have. I so have. Tim, yeah. Tim was my guide along with Mark Tolleson and Tim's company is called Purpose Mountain, which is really cool. And I don't necessarily get a lot of tips on people like Tim. And so when I got the tip on Tim, it was actually from uh, uh, Aubrey Marcus, who's a friend of mine here in Austin, and he doesn't really ever introduce me to anyone. So this is actually the first person he's introduced me to. And when he did it, I listened. I stopped because I have been really driving the needle down and, and pushing the gas pedal down for Wellness Force for a long time. And I got to a point last year when we did make the move out to Texas, I was just, I was just exhausted. And I'm like, okay, something's not right here. Like something's not aligned. And what was going on was I was coming from scarcity and the scarcity that I was coming from was exactly what I shared with you now. And that is I need to hustle. I need to grind. I'm the victim of my own intellectualization. The reason I'm sharing the wisdom with you is because that's the wisdom that I've had to move through. So it's not like I'm just reading to you things from out of a book. I mean, these yeah. are experiential wisdom gems that I had to mine and harvest in the cave of myself. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to do that, I had to go through experiences like Vipassana. And this is way before, Stephen, this is way before the, um, the vision quest. I had to do 10 days in Vipassana and see my soul there. I did mm -hmm. 12 ayahuasca ceremonies, you know, and see my soul yeah. there. I did a lot of cathartic breath work in Thailand for a month and I saw my soul there. And then I did mushroom journeys and I did conscious relating and emotional intelligence trainings and just lots of things, lots of things that were beautiful medicine, but nothing compared to the power and the severity of the vision quest. Nothing. Everything I just said pales in comparison, pales in comparison to the vision quest. Because mm. one thing that I realized when I met Tim and when I actually went out there, it was on my, my birthday, my 39th or my 39, my 41st birthday. It's because I think I'm younger than I am. I went out there on my 41st birthday. And, um, and when I got there, I knew I was in the right place because I had this almost like magnetic pull to do this vision quest, but I had no idea what I was getting into. I was like, okay, you go out in nature, you probably get to have a fire. You probably get to like, you know, 
have some time by yourself. And I'm like, oh, that might be really relaxing. I actually told myself, I was like, the vision quest might be really relaxing. I might, I might get to go out in nature and spend some time with just Josh. I had no idea what I was really getting into. For people that don't know what a Native American vision quest is, a traditional one, it is no food, no fire, no knife, no flashlight, nothing. It is you, a sleeping bag, a sleeping pad, and a tarp just in case it rains. That's it. And then you get water, four gallons of water. So we're talking the most base level protection mechanisms for the human skeleton is all you get. When the no food and the no fire and the no knife and the no flashlight really started to sink in, I was stripped away of all that I knew that was comforting. And when we get stripped away of all that we know that's comforting, look the hell out. If you don't have spiritual work in your in your belt, if you don't have some type of self-awareness practice or, or self-introspection practice, I would not recommend that people go out in the middle of the forest for four days by themselves with just water, nothing else, and a sleeping bag. Because uh, it's, it's gnarly. It's gnarly beyond comprehension. Um, even for people that have done the longer-term endurance events like marathons or ultra-marathons, like this is nothing compared to that i mean i'm sure you can attest to this Well, because you're you're doing something during those marathons something exactly there's nothing for you to do that's right if you are a victim of intellectualization which i would i would probably be safe to say that 60 to 70 percent of people that are endurance sports athletes they're probably victims of of intellectualization because when they go on these long challenges whether it's it's all mental it's all mental. So they can get mm-hmm. stuck in the mind where they were already stuck. But really what we're talking about here and what drew me out there and what ripped me wide open was spending four days with my soul. Because when you spend that much quiet time with your soul, whatever wisdom your heart and soul is trying to tell you, it will come on full strength, full volume. And so the first night was the most intense in a traditional process like we went through, you are deep in nature. There is zero cell service. The closest hospital is like hours away. You're not getting to a hospital. Uh, you are fully in control of your own life. And there is a liberating feeling to that, but it's also quite alarming. It's quite, it's quite terrifying as well. Because even to get to the camp we were at, it was a good 30 minutes from the small town And then from the camp, it was another 45 minutes hiking deep into nature. So if Mm -hmm. if anything did happen to anyone, it would, it would be very serious. And so that's, that's what you sign up for. You sign up for taking your life into your own hands. And the first night was the gnarliest dreams I've ever had. People don't know this, Stephen, when you go out and you went for three days, but we did four days because that was their tradition. Uh, Gilbert walking bull is the mentor of Tim and Mark. And I believe he was from Lakota, but but I don't I don't I actually don't know, so I don't want to be disrespectful. But I believe it was Lakota. Anyways, it's four days. So in the first night, you get to know what the underworld is. And I'm sure you've spent time in the underworld. <laughs> because the yeah. underworld is not a place where there's just positive angels, love and light. The underworld is where all the creepy, crawly bugs and snakes and spiders and wolves mm. that's where they live. And so when you go out into nature like that, and you are literally a piece of nature, which is who fundamentally we are, 
We are nature, you and I. You reconnect with a part of yourself that was really once forgotten. And for me, it was forgotten at about 13. I have a mentor that came up full speed when I was out there. And his name is Paul Check. And he told me that whenever a medicine man from any tribe in the past would ever go to someone and that person was sick, he would ask them four questions. And these four questions would usually be the source of their disease, of their illness. And these four questions were, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop telling stories, the art of storytelling? And when did you stop honoring the mystery of life? When did you stop honoring the mystery of our mother nature and of great spirit? When did you let go of that? These four things come on full strength when you are in the heart of mother nature, deep in the forest. And what came up for me was just the last time I had really let myself do that from a place of childlike joy, storytelling and dancing and singing and honoring the mystery, you know, looking up at the stars and going, wow, what, what created the moon? <laughs> What created the stars? Like, what breathes me? What made the plant behind you? What made all those plants behind you? Like, what are we doing here? Like, really, really potent questions. And of course, that led me to just getting rid of a ton of shame. A ton of shame. And not getting rid of it. I have to check myself there. Not getting rid of it. Learning how to truly love it. And this is the big gift of the quest for me and for all of us. So be prepared if anybody feels called. If you go to Quest, in one of those four days, you will meet your soul. There is no doubt about it. And your soul is attached to both life and death. And there's a beautiful gift there. There's the birthing process, there's the death process. Birthing, like my son's about to be born, is beautiful. It's also very primal. Death is, is beautiful because it allows people to pass on but it's also very primal. And so we have to honor the, the birth and the death of ourselves and our soul in life multiple times because the more that I or you or all of us run from death or run from birth, you know, we want, we want to sanitize, homogenize, uh, Purell sanitize all these babies in hospitals. Women get ripped open with a knife, the first complication they have because we need to make sure this baby's safe, a.k.a. we need to make $30,000 more for the hospital by a forced cesarean. This is the world we live in that's dishonoring birth. We also live in a world that as soon as an old person gets sick, we want to shove them into a little home, take them out of the home, medicate them, propagate them towards lies about their own health. I mean, we live in a world where birth and death are not honored. And so when you go to Quest, and when I went to Quest, the biggest gift that came up for me was, what are the things inside of me that want to die? And a lot of that was learning how to love my own shame. And that's the biggest gift of the Quest. Mm. Learning how to love your own shame. Uh, you just, you said, you said so much there, brother. And it illuminated a lot of the, you know, the issues that we have within our culture. And I think most of us that are on this path understand that we are in the further that we drift away from the natural process, nature itself, yeah. the honoring of the, the birth and death, the more sick we become. Did you perhaps get any insight of, of any actionable steps that, 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 you can take in your day-to-day -day life or that we should be moving forward to, or 
because I, I sit back and I see this all unfolding in front of myself and it makes me yeah. angry. You know, there's, there's an anger inside of me that's happening. And I think that's, that's, um, you know, we, we have an issue with anger too. I think it's a very sacred anger because I Absolutely. think we need, we need people that are, that are actually upset about what's going on. And that anger is a driving force for change. And, but it's like, what do we channel that into? Or do we just sit back and understand that, that it's, that, that life is unfolding and is there an intelligence behind what is unfolding in front of our eyes as well? Do we need to go through this? Yeah. Um, that you had about like four or five really powerful questions in there. So I'll just hit the first Sorry, one. That is, no, it's all good. That is sacred anger, right? Cause what is sacred actually? We could even start there. So behind me and my shoulder here is the sacral chakra. And the sacral chakra is the inflection point of safety, security, procreation, finance. It's, it's very, very, very deep, right? And then obviously there's the root, which is the deepest. But, but the sacral is where sacredness emanates from. And there's a reason for that because sex is sacred. Anger is sacred. Sadness. I would even go on to say that sadness yeah. is sacred. There are, you know, anger... Uh, anger, love, sex, and sadness. Anger, love, sex, and sadness are, in my opinions, the most uh, at the top of the mountain when it comes to sacred energies in this world. And the reason is, is because those are the energies that are the most misunderstood and on purpose, the most misconstrued and most manipulated in our world. And it's done that way for, uh, for a specific reason. And that is to extract your life force energy so that I can make money off of you. That is the people that are running all the large companies in the world. Instagram, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, all these large companies. They know exactly what they're doing. I'm not here to demonize these companies, but I am here to shine light on the demonic energy that exists in some of them. We can say that, oh, the, what does Google want with us? What does Apple want with us? What does Amazon want with us? What do these companies really want with us? You're a conspiracy theory person, Josh. No way. These companies are just doing their job in the free market. Are you fucking kidding me? Because what's happened here is we have lost the sacred connection to anger, to sex, to sadness, to love, and also just the sacred awareness that we have as human beings. That sacred awareness shows us that when we are angry about something, Stephen, that anger deserves a voice because below that anger, guess what's below all anger, man? Below all anger is sadness. Below is. all anger is sadness. 100%. Nobody's ever just angry. They're upset because their ego is challenged. And below their ego is sadness. And within that pool of waiting, of sadness... There is the truth and we either fight against the truth or we love the truth, but the truth is the truth. It's almost like, you know, the observer or the subjective. So objectively, you could look at the world right now and be like, wow, this place is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. you could subjectively be here and you could be like, oh, this place is fucked. But the real objective truth is that this place is both fucked and this place is both loved and supported. That's the objective truth. 
but it's easy for me to explain the objective truth as my subjective truth, which I just did, right? Because I described yeah. the objective truth as, oh, this place is fucked. Objective truth and subjective truth are very wily. You know, the, the real, mm -hmm. the most powerful objective truth in the world, and I, and I promise I'll bring it back around to the, to, the, to the point, the most powerful objective truth in the world is that God is love. That is the only objective truth that is true. God is love. And sometimes that love is so misunderstood and so manipulated that it really hurts people. And I think that's where we are now is we are being forced to look in the mirror. We're like, we're pretty much like somewhere between six and 13 years old as a species, as a humanity. We're looking in the mirror and we're being like, okay, this hurts. I have guilt. I have trauma. I have shame. I have anger. I don't know what to do with all these things. We're being forced to look within and to look without. That's what we're being forced to. Without is when we're looking at something that potentially we don't have any connection to. Within is where we have all the connection in the world. Because inside of us is the love of God. It's, it's, it's not some bearded dude in the sky, by the way. <laughs> it's, not some guy, it's not some guy in the clouds, man. I don't, I don't think that people really understand what God truly is. So all of these things came online in the quest. And, and to bring it back around to your initial point is anger. Yes, anger is valid. Anger is sacred. All these things that I've discussed that really move us towards anger as the mirror. If anger is the mirror, then what is below the mirror that's really trying to emerge? That's truly what's happening right now with sacred anger. It is, it is a deep sadness. It is a deep sadness because I see the corruption that's going on. And I, and I, I, <laughs> I feel it. You know, I'd, I'd say as, you know, someone who's pretty empathic, someone that's working with lots of people that, you know, I can feel people's energy pretty, um, pretty significantly. And I think that's, that's a gift. And that also requires more heavy boundaries as well, mm. you know, to be able to put, put boundaries in place, you know, people that are empathic, I think boundaries are one of the most important things for them. Um, but then also not being so guarded and not just shutting everything out and, yeah. and creating further separation between self and other. But I'm, mm. it's, it's so interesting because is there anything to take action on? I think yes. with, with, I, I think there is absolutely becoming more health sovereign and standing up for what you believe in. And I would love to get to the piece of, of, you know, honoring birth and death even more. Cause those are the, those are the gateway. Those are the portals. Yeah. Those are, are the, the place where life begins and life ends. And if we can start there, I, I personally feel like that will have the most significant effect. Um, yeah, but I would love to hear what came through for you. Um, so much. And specifically, um, are you talking about, the other unfoldings of the vision quest or was it another thing as far as what came through for me it, it can be in relation to the vision quest but i know yes. you you did this vision quest in the heart of this great awakening that's happening at, at this point yeah. in time yeah and to did any messages i know you said to release you know shame or to mm -hmm. honor that shame within yourself um, but it, did it give you any insight on how you should show up in the world 
on a day-to-day basis because you are still of this world. You are still running a business. You are still an entrepreneur. Yeah. The insight that it gave me was less anger, more truth. Mm. That was the number one message that I received in regards to what's happening with our world, specifically the mask wearing, the diaper wearing, the the uh, forced vaccines, the vaccine passports, the people in fear. This is a crazy, crazy moment that I had at the airport. I was coming back home. I had just gotten done with 10 days deep in the heart of nature, four without food, fire, flashlight, or tent. And it was such a stark contrast. I'm getting into the airport. I'm being forced to wear this little piece of paper on my face, you know, (laughs) that, that truly doesn't do anything. And I want people to feel that you're, your immune system is what guides you. Your immune system is what guides you. Um, you don't drive a car out and, and say, well, my car is going to protect me from dying. Not yeah. really. If you drive a car off a cliff, you'll still die. It doesn't matter how safe the car is. Yeah. So it's the same thing with our bodies. And so anyways, I'm at the airport and I finally get through security and you know, I'm, I, I rip my mask off right when I finish TSA. I don't care. It's not a, it's not yeah. a, a rebellious fuck you. It's more just like, well, this is what I believe. So I, I take my mask off. No one's ever told me to, to wear a mask in the airport because I just think, I think they can feel that sovereign energy from me. And I'm yeah. sitting there on the floor and I'm doing my stretching and this mom is playing with her baby. And the baby walks yeah. over and starts playing with my backpack. And the mom comes up and she, she has a mask on. And she's like, wow, I really wish I could take this mask off. And I turned to her very slowly and I just said, you can take this mask off right now, really calmly, no anger, yeah, no, yeah. no lecturing her on the 10 physicians I've had on my show. You can yeah. take this mask off right now. And Steven, she had a glitch moment. It was a black cat in the matrix. I mean, literally mm-hmm. she just went, uh, I can't. <laughs> and then she gave me an uncomfortable laugh. And I realized in that moment that she was me and I was her and we are everyone where if we are not careful as to what's going on here, we can actually allow our anger to become a distraction and our anger to not be sacred. Because I am like you. I have been so angry. I mean, it's caused me health issues, how angry I've been about yeah. what's going on in our world. Absolutely. And the reason is, is because I want to scream to where it almost pierces people's eardrums. That's how loud I want to scream at people and say, wake the fuck up but guess what that's not going to do anything it's not going to do anything because the message i got from spirit and the message that you and i both know right now all that comes is from me being out of control and out of my center and me trying to use my anger to force people to do what i want them to do but true power man true power that can be trusted comes from a place where there's peace When I have peace within myself and that peace allows me to speak with power, that can be trusted. And I mean, we can feel it in our nervous systems, just you and I sitting here. Yeah. Peace that leads to power can be trusted. Force that comes from anger cannot be trusted because it's ungrounded. It's not sacred. Yes, there is sacred anger, but sacred anger moves stealthily, sometimes in silence. Absolutely. That's how sacred anger moves. Sacred anger does not always come through a bullhorn on social media. Yeah. That is actually uh, unsacred 
force yeah. that comes from a non-peaceful, ungrounded place. And look, I'm not here to demonize anyone. We're all doing the best we can. But the big piece that came through for me at that quest was that moment that I had with her at the airport coming home. Because that's the ceremony for all of us. The ceremony ain't the ceremony, dude. That's never the... the it's never. <laughs> the ceremony is, is what you do when you come back home. That's the yeah. true ceremony. And so I was proud of myself and I felt deep sadness for her and for the collective because we truly don't have to be living this way. We yeah. can all decide to lock arms and say, no, just like the moment in the matrix where for all, for all of you watching when, when you saw Neo just come at the very end of the matrix, Neo puts his hand up and the bullets just fall mm -hmm. because he made a calm, confident decision from inner peace that he will not be oppressed. He will not have tyrannical control netted over him. He simply checks within his heart. He's at peace within his heart. He turns towards the bullets and he places his hand up slowly and the bullets all fall. Now, what do you think the symbolism was there? The symbolism was that we are all in the matrix and the bullets are actually what's coming at us right now. That's what we have to be aware of. The more anger you are, the more distracted you are, the more distracted yeah. you are, the more you can be controlled. Why do you think all these headlines come through all the time in the media? Did you hear what Fauci said? Did you hear what Trump said? Did you hear what so-and-so said? We need to do something about this. Meanwhile, your finances are dwindling down. Your personal yeah. health is dwindling down. Your community and, and, and physical touch is dwindling down. We're all fucking being bankrupted while the puppeteers of anger are running their unsacred strings to control us and divide us all. And that's truly what's happening in the world right now. So from that calm, loving place, we all need to put our hand up and just say no. Mm. Yeah, because that anger is getting that amygdala response that they are actually wanting us to be moving from because you're actually so much more easily controlled that's when you are in that, in that, that state of fear, that state of, you know, fear, blame or fear, guilt, and shame. Yeah the biggest controllers and you're you're absolutely right you know sacred anger is something that moves in a calm peaceful way yeah and sometimes sacred anger is a battle cry on the field but there's an energy behind sacred anger that comes from um, the desire for peace yeah or the embodiment of peace one of the two yeah it's it's so interesting and and just like you said you know, we can have these sort of ceremonies that where we receive deep insight, you know, we receive messages, perhaps we clear a lot of stuff out, but how does it change how we show up in the world? How does it change how we react in, in line at the airport, you know, with, with this woman and her baby, which is so beautiful. That is the practice. That is absolutely the practice. Are there any like day-to-day -day practices that you are doing, you know, in Austin, now that you're living there that are bringing you closer to that state of peace. Yes. And it sounds so simple. We already talked about it, but just because something is simple, like, like when I come into a room and I flick a light switch, we think it's simple, right? <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, you just flick yeah, the yeah. light switch. Do you yeah. know, how much work went into the light switch on your wall working? It's like, just because something's simple does not mean it's easy. Electrician, 
You had to get engineers. There had to be planning. You had to run wiring. You had to connect yeah. to the poles. Those go to the power grid. The power grid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy the way that we take things for granted. And so, oh yeah, it, rather than take the simple things for granted, can we take solace in the fact that the simple things are actually granted to us? That's really what this is about. The simple things are being granted to us so that we can have honor and respect and humility for how simple things have become. And we complicate these things by not going into nature and not being still. And that is the number one thing that I do. I have a sauna in my garage. I have a cold tank with ice in it. I have a nature trail that's five minutes walking from my home. And people might be like watching or listening going like, oh, well, that's easy for you to say. It's like, well, I made my life that way. Yeah, you have I a made choice. the decisions to make my life that way. That was my conscious choice. If you yeah. are in a food desert, you are choosing to be there. Newsflash, I'm sorry. I know it's challenging. If you're in New York and you don't have more than 200 square feet to live in, move out of fucking New York. Get the fuck out of there. You are not a victim of your circumstance unless you choose to be. So I know that's reductionistic, but it's real shit. It's true. And so I I refuse to allow people to run victim stories and say, well, you don't understand. You don't understand. I get it. I get it. Sometimes there is situations like, you know, when people split up or childcare or um, jobs that keep you locked in. But if if we can all just stop, which is exactly what I said earlier, stop, spend 10 minutes a day breathing on a rock next to a tree in nature with your phone off. And then maybe that 10 minutes will be so luxurious for you that you'll want 15. And then maybe that 15 will turn, next thing you know, you're going to want to spend an hour in nature a day because you are worth it, because you love yourself. Even if it means getting up at five in the morning so you can have time on your back patio with yourself. That is really the number one thing for all of us. When you and I are done with this podcast, I am going and walking out into nature and I'm going to go be with her for an hour. Because I've designed my life that way. So that's the number one thing as a habit is reading incredible books. I have a bunch of books here, right? That's, that's great because those are all things for my intellectual self. But I will say like the number one thing that I've been doing is, is I've been journaling. You know, I've been, I've been actually having a piece of paper in my hand and a pen and, and putting down my thoughts and doing it in nature. And I'm not going to lie, in the, in the last week since I've been home, I have gotten sucked back into the matrix and had to pull myself back out. I'm human. It's going to happen. It's guaranteed. We're, we're, yeah, we're human, man. So having touch points of soul like this, having conversations like this are refreshing to the soul. And I hope that everyone has gotten a glimpse of every bit of power that exists inside of yourself that comes from that calm, trusting place. And that is peace. And that is always under attack. Our peace is under attack because when we are not in peace, we are less likely to go in nature. We are less likely to sit. We are less likely to do all these things. But paradoxically, man, Stephen, that is the number one thing we must do for survival. For survival is to go spend time with ourselves because otherwise there's too much of a disconnection from self. Mm. Peace is always a subtraction problem. (laughs) yes isn't that interesting that's a great point that is a great point i love that
Yeah, there's yeah, peace always... isn't about like getting more money. I mean, in certain situations, getting more money is always subtracting what's blocking you from getting the money. So there always is a subtraction element to life. Yeah, peace. I think peace is our natural state. And even if it's, even if there's chaos going, like, you know, I've, I think on my, on my Instagram, I have more, uh, just animal videos that I watch. I, I have this weird obsession. It's kind of weird of watching animals kill each other. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's, I think it's just having that relationship with death and watching how yeah. nature, how nature, um, how nature works. It's, it's, it's ruthless. It's, it's really ruthless in itself, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and watching animals kill each other. But there is, there is a, there is a peacefulness and there is a beauty within that, that I think most of us have forgotten. And I don't know, there's maybe a part of my psyche that just loves watching that because it reminds me, it reminds me that death is, is a part of life and it is ruthless, but can you see the beauty in that? Mm. Yeah. And even in the beauty, there's things that could be misunderstood as deep sources of pain and and maybe they're not even misconstrued maybe they are deep sources of pain i mean that's that's real because sometimes in pain there is beauty but the suffering is different because these animals that kill each other if you look look at how a um a tiger kills a deer or a tiger kills something they go right for the throat they, they go as quickly as possible most of these animals they're not trying to keep the other animal alive they're mm -hmm. they're trying to kill it quickly so there is an element in nature, although, although I will say like, I don't really like how my cat here, Cleo, she'll like play with the mouse before she kills it. That's kind of sadistic. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched you know, that. that. That's yeah. kind of weird. So I'm like, here I, here I was on this intellectual lane trying to make sense of nature. And then of course in nature, there's all these points that don't make any sense because that's us honoring the mystery. Right. So, yeah. so there's really no one size fits answer to what you're, to what you're describing, man, it doesn't exist. And that's part of honoring the mystery. Yeah. Honoring the mystery. You know, those questions that you, that you posed, um, I think you said, Paul check said to you, but I've, I've seen it in shamanism, you know, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you yes. stop telling stories? Yep. When did you stop honoring the mystery of life? Those are the most important, the most important questions that you can ask yourself. And, and, you know, I want to eventually wrap it up, but I would love to just break down each of those because I see, yeah. I see those as, you know, when did you stop singing? When did yes. you stop dancing? When did you stop telling stories? Those are all forms of expression. Those are all forms of movements of energy within our, you know, you could say singing and dancing are forms of, um, somatic release, mm -hmm. you know, our, our, our soma is our, is our body in relation to the mind and having those forms of expression. And, you know, I always say this, you know, what's the number one killer? It's, it's stress. Stress is the number one killer. You know, stress weakens our immune system. It weakens our body. It weakens all of our, all of our functions. And we're not able to repair ourselves on a, on a, on a physiological level. It weakens our immune system you know, yeah. receiving all of these messages from the news yeah. and taking that in and, and, you know, well, what is stress? Stress is pressure. It's putting pressure on you. 
If I were to stress this table in front of me, I'm putting pressure on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to get rid of, to, to, to find routes, to get rid of this pressure that's built up within us. We have to find routes of expression. We have to X the pressure. We have to find routes of expression and for our animal body for, you know, we are, we are animals. And I, I feel like we, for, we have forgotten that, mm-hmm. that we become such a mental society we are animals and for our animal, for our physical body, for our somatic vessel, it is so important to have these routes of expression such as singing, such as dancing, you know, those things don't actually have to make logical sense as well, such as telling stories. You know, when we, I I did an interview with, with Eric Godsey, a good brother of mine, he lives in Austin as well. Um, you know, he has this, this, uh, this beautiful work on, on trauma. Uh, you know, he calls the mind body connection, the, the animal and the artist and mm-hmm. to, to liberate the animal is to free up the artist to be able to tell beautiful stories mm-hmm. when our animal, when our, when our physical body is under stress and trauma and tension, we develop, develop defense systems within our within our body, within our, our, our vessel. And what happens is we start to tell stories that sway towards darkness. When we're carrying that, we start to tell stories. The mind is the artist. It is the storyteller. When we have those, those traumas, those stressors in our body, we start to tell it. it, We start to tell stories that justify the trauma, the stress, And when we can free up via singing and dancing and moving it through our bodies, we liberate the animal inside of us to be able to tell, we liberate the, the animal, we liberate the artist to be able to tell beautiful stories and how, and stories are what create war stories are what creates everything around us. This camera, this computer, this podcast that we are being able to tell story through it's an art form. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know where I'm, where I'm going with this specifically, but I would like to break down each of those and then honoring the mystery of life. I think that to admit that we know nothing is always the first step, you know, we, to know something is to know nothing. And we get a, we get caught up in this mental world of thinking that we know how everything works. Mm Mm-hmm. I think those questions for people at home, you know, as deeply related to shamanism and how important they are, if you can answer those questions for yourself, you will, you will live such a a happy, healthy life. And I think as a culture, if we can start to answer those questions and, and, uh, creates, create community around that, like that is a perfect structure for community. And I think as we do that in the creation process of telling stories, honoring mystery, dancing and singing, and also spending time with ourselves, yeah. the process of creation, if you really think about, like, I don't know the, the pure etymology of the word create, but the creation point comes from inspiration, like, um, like breath, inspiritus, right, mm-hmm. to breathe from within to be inspired from within. It's life force energy that comes from within. To take in the spirit. 
to take in the spirit. So mm-hmm. in order for us to truly create anything, whether it's storytelling, time with ourselves, honoring, dancing, singing, spending time in nature, we have to be inspired to do so. You know, the core differentiation between motivation and inspiration is that motivation comes from the mind. The mind, we get motivated in our minds. We don't get motivated in our hearts. Yeah. We get inspired from our hearts, mm-hmm. from spirit. That's long-term sustainable mm-hmm. fuel, and that's the kind of fuel that can be trusted. But what happens, like you touched on before, is that we become uh, completely manipulated by these YouTube videos and by these personal development books and seminars and all these mm-hmm. things that are like, you need to get motivated. Let's get motivated, y'all. And that's great because sometimes temporarily, temporarily, sometimes forests need to be burned to the ground. Temporarily, yeah. sometimes we need to be motivated. Temporarily, sometimes sacred anger looks like going to war. But these are temporary, right? Like mm-hmm. this too shall pass the long-term sustainable fuel source for any kind of creation is inspiration because with inspiration there's peace and sustainability now in order for us to be inspired we have to be clean and clear it's almost like a conduit you know we plug a something into a wall if it's a dirty connection the energy can't flow same thing with us so if i'm not inspired because i have a dirty conduit well, then job number one is cleaning the conduit. You know, what am I eating? Mm-hmm. What am, how am I breathing? Who am I talking to? What am I absorbing from social media? Like do all of that first, then go to creation. Because then if you can create, your creation is going to come from a clean spaciousness. And I loved what you said earlier when you talked about you and Godzi, where he was mentioning uh, the artist and the, what was it? The artist and the, the animal, the animal the and the artist. And, the animal. and that is that. regarding the mind and body. Connection. I, I have something that I want to share with you and the mind body mentor crew. And that is, mm-hmm. I have been feeling into this for years, almost since 2017, 2017, 2018. And that is we are half beast and we are half spirit. So how do we honor the beast and how do we honor the spirit? Because when our conduits clean, we're honoring the beast. When we're playing and singing and eating and dancing, we're doing all the things that the beast or the animal needs. Well, then we have a clean conduit and then spirit can come through. It can actually come through Mm -hmm. in in the electrical signals that exist all over the universe. I don't know if you guys know this, but we're living on a huge magnet, hence the North and the South Poles, hence the afferent, efferent nerves that go from our brainstem all the way to Mm -hmm. our um, arterioles and our fingertips. Everything's electrical signals. Yeah. So everything's vibration, everything's electricity. So if that's true and we know it is on an intellectual and on a heart level, well, then we have to honor the beast so that we can have a clean conduit for spirit to flow energetically through and let that land for a minute. Because if we're half beast and half spirit, they both need attention. They both need love and care and support. So we need to honor the beast by doing these things of creation and dancing and singing. And we have to honor the spirit by having real open hearted conversations and having intimate conversations with our partners and mm. having real open loving communication and having really dude the courage this is the this is the thing having the courage to be wrong and to take ownership of making mistakes when you've been rude when you've been angry when you've been judgmental when you've been insecure and projected it onto someone else or when you didn't have the words to articulate how you felt so instead of coming from peace and calmness and power you chose to come from an unbridled sense of forcefulness and anger. 
having the courage to be honest with yourself and with other people, holy shit, that is the medicine that heals the beast and the spirit, both. Mic drop. Absolutely, brother. We are, we are a vessel, which is our beast, which is our antenna. And when we have a clear antenna, yeah. we can pick up the signal. That's right. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm at a place right now where I'm having to massively readjust and I'm open and honest about it. Right. Yeah. This is the most weight I've carried since 20, since I was 22 years, 23 years old in 20 years, the most weight I've carried. And it's because of all the different ways that I've had to look at how I adapt to my stress. You talked about the table, right? Expression, yeah. letting go of the stress, which I love that analogy. Um, moving from a place where I thought we were going to be and, and coming from Hawaii and then, then going to Cardiff and having Cardiff not work out and then having all the stress of moving and coming to a new place and mm. building community here and then having the baby and the pregnancy and growing my business. It's a lot, dude. It's a lot. And so my, my lot, body though. is holding on, right? My body, I'm, I'm intuitive enough to know, I'm educated mm -hmm. enough to know that my body is holding on to energy because it is yeah. experiencing stress. And I will say that to piggyback on almost everything you've asked me today and everything we've explored, when the body doesn't feel safe, it will do whatever it takes to get your attention so that you bring it safety, whether it's weight gain, inflammation, autoimmune, um, hibernation, whatever you, whatever you want to say, the body is always speaking. So my body is speaking to me. I went to the vision quest because my body was speaking to me. My yeah. beast wants me to be in nature. As soon as we're done, I'm out, <laughs> you know, like I'm yeah. out. So, so that's the medicine that I'm sharing and that I'm also, um, administering to myself. Mm. Yeah. Symptoms, symptoms are the messages from the body. And they are our biggest, they are, they are, they are our biggest friend. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Well, brother, I definitely want to, you know, honor the time and I want to wrap this up. I'm so thankful for dropping in with you and I'm actually going to be coming out to Austin probably, um, in a month or two. And I would love to drop in with you again. Yes. Now I know you got, I know you got a lot coming up with, uh, you know, the, the, the baby coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. is there anything that we should look out for with you and wellness force and your community, anything coming up, anything you want to shout out? Well, we're having episode 400, which Damn, is amazing. Bro. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. So uh, this will be episode this will, 30. <laughs> this will be episode 30. So, so whenever this comes out, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash 400 and you can win $1,500 in prizes for free. Like just our gift to you for just sharing your time with us, you know? So wellnessforce.com forward slash 400 is the best place to go. You can get 1500 bucks worth of all kinds of amazing supplements and wellness products and really cool. Yeah. And to everyone listening, you go check out uh, Josh's podcast. Um, he's had so many incredible, incredible interviews, and I've learned so much from the people that he's had on. So yeah, I think anybody that's listening to my podcast would absolutely love yours as well. So thank you, brother. I love you. Tell Carrie, I said, you know, I, I love you both. And I hope that everything goes well. I'll be sending you guys lots of blessings uh, for your, you. your new, is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. It's a, it's boy. a boy. 
Yeah, his name is Nova, like Little Supernova. Supernova. Nova with an H. Uh, okay. I'm mirroring that love right back to you. Thank you. Yeah. It feels good to receive that from you. Absolutely. And um, for everyone, just if you just listen to this podcast and if the one thing you took away is stop, then just do that. Just Just stop. Stop for a moment and just receive some of the things that came through. Mm. Stop. All right. Well, we're going to stop this podcast so you guys can stop. I love you all. Take care and I'll see you soon. We're out.